0: You call that radio? You call that radio TV? You call that radio TV?
1: This is you call that radio. This is you call that radio TV. We are uh, we are on our um three hundred and. 3,000th show since lockdown began. Who's keeping count? But this is an important one. This is the one that counts. We've got the legendary Graeme Duff about to join us, talk about the new book that he's done with Marky Smith, otherwise, and many more things. A very busy man. He's done, he's done loads since I last spoke to him in October. One of my favourite guests, and I know that a lot of the viewers that have tuned in said it was the best guest we've had on as well so delighted to have him back on to talk about what he's been working on recently it's also, happy birthday Joe the it's her birthday today so happy birthday Joe. Uh, she's got a new album out, Minerva Wakes uh, a new project, minervawakes.bandcamp.com and she has exclusively revealed if you buy a Minerva Weeks album in the next hour, she's going to throw in a free lyric book and a t-shirt, I think she said as well more details on that coming on later, but I'd like to just bring on the legendary Graeme Duff. Hey, thanks for having us back, Mark. Anytime, anytime, uh, Graeme. You I'm a big, massive fan of your work. What I would like to ask, right, right now, you're working on so many things, but the main focal point right now is this incredible book you've wrote with Marquis e. Smith. And hopefully it's going to be a film. So let's start with that
0: okay uh well it, it's i mean we say it's a book this this is it here it is um it is a book but it's primarily a film script so it's it's a script that mark and i wrote uh to 2014 2015 and uh we got to know each other when he came to do a, a guest slot on on my show ideal and um i'd been a fan since i was Fourteen, You know, he, when I was 14 year old, uh, The Fall had started releasing singles and, and they were my favourite band, you know, and, I, and, and um, I've sort of, I think I was hugely influenced by Mark. And it was amazing to sort of get him to, to come in and be a guest on the show. Um, and then we just sort of, I don't know, after being starstruck for about 10 minutes, um, we just started talking about writing. And I think that's, that's, the, that's the level we connected on, I think, really, right? because I don't think he ever saw himself as being a rock musician. I think he saw himself as being a writer who happened to work within the, the rock form. And so we, we got on really well and we started talking about doing a TV series together. Um, and then after a while that developed into this this, this film idea. Um, so yeah, so we we pitched it to uh, people, but people were very scared at the time. Very scared.
1: Of course it would be.
0: Of course it would be. I remember
1: watching that episode of Ideal. As a big, massive fan of Ideal, it was... Marquis Smith's on Ideal, and you're like, what is going on? It was uh, one of the best moments in television as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> and But I'm just wondering, so I like the way that you say he considers himself as a writer. I remember watching a documentary with Marquis e. Smith, and I was just very curious about how does he write? And somebody asked him that question, and he said, well, I'm not going to tell you all my secrets.
0: Yeah, I think that's one of the key things about, about Mark. I think, you know, there, there's some there's whole websites and, and fascinating websites uh, like the annotated full websites and so where people go into absolute depth uh, about his, uh, his lyrics. And there's loads of sort of cross-referencing of what thing what things are quotes from and what there are allusions to. And some of it will be right. Some of it will be wrong, but what's fascinating is there is so much in there. He was so well read. And, um, despite what people might think, um, in terms of him being such a huge consumer of alcohol that that might have dulled his memory, that was absolutely not true. He was his memory was pin sharp, and he could remember lines of dialogue from from films and books from from decades ago. You know, um, so yeah, and, and I, I think he sort of, I think early on he realised that it it was good to be enigmatic, to not. Um, to not decode himself in public. I think some artists, let's say David Byrne, uh, he decoded himself in public. He did a lot of interviews in the South Bank show and he talked about the process he used. And I think once you know what the process is, it does rob you of a little bit of the magic. And I think Mark was quite conscious of that. Amazing. And is
1: it, obviously as a writer, so... Um, forgive me if I'm, I'm being wrong here, because obviously I just know Marquis Smith through The Fall and the music and the stories and everything about The Fall. But it, you, you say he's a writer, and obviously you were working on on this book that's out now. I'll put a link in the comments in a wee minute uh, for the otherwise. But had he ever worked on anything like a script or a film before? Am I, am I being ignorant by not knowing, aware of anything that he'd worked on before?
0: Yeah. Um. Well, he he had um, when we first, because when I first started talking to him about possibly working together, I wasn't thinking that we'd write together. I was just saying to him, you know, if you if you've got some narrative ideas, I'll help you pitch them. I'll you know just be of whatever service I can be, you know. But then he got back in touch and said Did he didn't want to write something together, uh, and I, I didn't know this. But he'd actually written he'd written a full film script before, which he co-wrote with Eleanor Ballou, his wife, uh, called the, the the World Age Four or the World Age I think it's the World Age Four uh, about animals taking over the world. But I didn't. He never mentioned this, and I only found that this from Eleanor about a few months after he died. And I just thought that was really that we'd been working on this film, and he never mentioned that he'd written another script. But then I realised it was because he wanted to... He didn't want to look back at that. He wanted to press on and and do the the new thing, you know, whatever the new ideas were. Um, So he'd done that. He wrote a short story that's published in in, in a compendium of short stories, um, and he developed a bunch of stuff... Uh, he developed a bunch of short story ideas for um, a Welsh television company. I can't remember who it was now. Um, and I think that was probably late 90s. But it didn't go anywhere. And I don't know if that was because they they didn't like it or if he got bored of doing it or whatever. I'm not sure what the circumstances were. Um, but, yeah, I think this was probably the most <laughs> professional script that uh, <laughs> that we would have worked on, that he would have worked on. Um I think I know actors who were involved in a in a play that he he did in the, I think eighty six called Hey Luciani, and um, basically he was handwritten scripts of you know little scraps of paper, and there was never any real script. There was never a production. <laughs> I mean, it functioned, but it wasn't it wasn't <laughs> something that you could then tour with other people or whatever. And I think similarly with this, I've now seen the previous script. This <laughs> this, is, this is much more work of the script that we wrote. You, it sent to a director and they'd know what to do whereas I'm not sure if they would with, with what he'd written before um, well that kind of so sums some up uh, civilising influence perhaps that's, that's what well that,
1: that kind of sums up what he was doing with you know uh, with the bands you know you hear the stories I mean uh, how much is true how much isn't but he, he quite liked his bands to be like sort of Somewhere in the middle between knowing the songs but not really knowing the songs and and keeping them on their toes, so to speak. So it kind of ties in with his theory of, you know, keeping it live, keeping that energy. And I think I read in in the, not the autobiography, but the biography that he did with someone that he he authorised, is that he when someone got too comfortable with the songs, they had to go. And he wanted to bring in someone new to keep that that kind of nervous energy. Is that what it was he was looking for? And that kind of sums up what you're talking about with the play as well.
0: Um, Great, I think... I think that's right. I think one obsession that... that, uh, Or one driver, perhaps, that Mark had, which I think you can see across... All things that he worked on, you know, the, the lyrics, the music, the artwork. And... Uh, sorry, I can't hear you, Mark. You've gone. All
1: right, sorry. No, I think it's just a wee delay, man. I think there's a wee delay um, on the internet. I think the internet is delaying. Me? I can still hear you, man. we we'll what we're going to do, Graham? I feel like what, what, I've, I've probably was... frozen, haven't I? Yeah, you have frozen, Graham. but it's okay. What I'm going to do is I think you should log out, shut your browser down, come back on. And I'm going to play a song um, while we do that. So um, I'm just going to do that. Graham Duff, ladies and gentlemen, he'll be back in a little minute. He's just going to um, sort out his internet and we will be back with Graham Duff, absolute legend, telling the tales of Marquis Smith and the book that he wrote with him before he passed away, sadly. The Otherwise, which is available now, it's like a, a script for a horror film that they wrote together. And hopefully one day it'll be turned into a movie. But you don't need to wait for the big wigs to give it an okay. You can order it right now. I'm going to put the, the link in the comments so that you can order it right now. If you're a, a Marky Smith fan, then go for it. Who's in the house? We've got Paul and the- Colette. Hi, folks. Hope all good to be here. Love, baby doll. Hello, Colette. How you doing? Evening. Says Lou. Cool. Oh, Grand Dame in the house. Uh, check out her show she did. On Sunday, the NFT launch—it was amazing. We've got Tam the Van, who's one of the guys who taught me more about the fall than anyone else. We've got Issue Three Four Eight Four. Love these stories from Graham Legend. He is an absolute legend, and thank you for tuning in. Issue Three Four Eight Four. And then we're going to play a little song just now. We're going to be talking later on about Graham's new record label. And uh, this is gonna be one of the bands that we can exclusively reveal, I think we're exclusively revealing, that are gonna be on the next the next thing. So it's, um, this is uh, Wrong Circles, uh, a band called Wrong Circles, Death to Crusidia. And uh, before I do this, I just wanna say that Graham's taste in music is excellent. And not only because he's played me in his show, but that's, obviously I've been a fan of Graham's for many, many years, way back in the ideal days. I love his stuff, like been everything he's been involved in. I've loved. And then one day uh, my band Gyro Babies got tagged in his radio show. And I was like, Graham Duff. And the name rang a bell. And then when I looked into it, it was the actual Graeme Duff who played this on his show. And ever since then, I've been a big fan of his radio shows. He supports new music, obscure music. He's up, he's up for anything. He's actually played my side project, Jackal Trades, which involves Kind of, it's almost like Scottish hip hop sorry for swearing and he's embraced it and I really appreciate that he's open minded to all sorts of music so I've, I've not heard this song that he's suggested yet that he signed for his new record label but I guarantee it will be good because this guy knows his tunes and this is Death to Crusade, Death to Crusader by Wrong Circles and then we'll get back to Graham and talk more about the book let us know in the comments what you think of this Powered by our we are indeed powered by our patrons. on You Call That Radio if you enjoy this show or any of the 300 odd shows we've done since lockdown began, then you can become a patron at patreon.com forward slash You Call That Radio. We appreciate everybody who does that. Uh, going through some of the comments, uh, Kevin Williamson, who was on the show last week. Hello, Kevin. Loving the fall chat. Renegade is a masterpiece. Uh, we've got S.U. saying his radio show is brilliant. His music knowledge is insane. He selected all of the music for ideals. And what a soundtrack that was. Wrong circles, loving this. Wrong circles, we're on. Um, his knowledge, yeah, his radio show is brilliant. Is his internet brilliant? Let's find out. Graham Duff, how's it going, man? I think Hello. A yeah, a bit of a delay. Can
0: you hear me? Yeah, uh, yeah hear it's going there? well. I, I, I do tend to generate technical screw-ups in my life. <laughs> It's Mercury Retrograde.
1: Mercury Retrograde.
0: My uh, so thanks for playing off. the Wrong Circles track. So there, um, <laughs> i You talk, you talk,
1: you talk. I know. You go, Graham. Tell me about going a... Wrong okay. Circles. Tell me about the Wrong
0: Circles. Okay, Wrong Circles are a uh, Brighton-based band, where I I live in Brighton, Uh, but they're one of the acts that are going to be on uh, my new record label, which is called Heaven's Lathe. And we launched it last Friday, and basically the Lathe cut seven-inch singles, and there's only 100 of each one. Uh, This is the first one, which is now completely sold out. Um, It's it's by a band called Insides. And uh, that was the first one. There was a hundred of those. They've all gone. But oh, they're beautiful. They look like this. They're just. I don't know if you can see that. but So they just engraved. There's no label. They're just engraved. But they're really beautiful. Um, so, yeah. So the label basically is, um, there's two kinds of artists on the label. There's either new artists who I think... People really ought to hear because I think they're great. Um, and there's artists who've been going a long while but haven't brought out that much material, if that makes sense. So these are, those are the two categories. Uh, so, yeah, loads of exciting stuff coming up, including a single by Rose McDowell, uh, which I'm very excited to be putting out because she's, she's a big uh, heroine of mine. So, yeah, the 14-year-old in me is very, very happy to finally be running a record label or curating a record label anyway.
1: It's amazing, man, and I'm very excited that you're running a record label as well, because your radio show has taught me so much good new music. Also, (laughs) so could you could you um tell? Let's talk a little bit about the radio show for people that don't know, because I know that the majority of people that tune in you call that radio are big fans of underground music and want to hear new stuff. And there is no genres; it's basically anything goes. How can people hear your radio show?
0: uh basically it's called graham duff's mixtape and if you put that in you should find it it's it's archived at totallyradio.com so i've done about 150 shows now almost so they're all archived there so if you just if you just put in graham duff's mixtape it'll lead you there so it brought it broadcasts on totally radio and slack city um 90 minutes every week it's largely brand new stuff it's largely just stuff i've harvested stuff is denigrating it's Works of art. Uh, it's works of art I've found on Bandcamp, essentially. Um, and so it's, um, if it's good, it's on. You know, the, yeah, there's no sort of boundaries with genres. They're just, what I'm interested, in, I suppose, is um, best of breed, if that makes sense. Um, so, yeah, loads of different stuff. And also from, from around the world, I uh, recently discovered this album uh, by an actor called Albina. She's from Azerbaijan. And uh, prior to band camp, I don't think I would have come across that. And it's fabulous. It's a sort of slightly massive attacky sort of thing with beautiful vocals. Um, it's the sound of young Azerbaijan. So if you want to hear that, tune in.
1: As well as the sounds of Azerbaijan. Azerbaijan. Uh, you also had the, have the sounds of Scotland, which I appreciate. You played the Nerve yeah. Happy birthday, yeah. Joe! I know you're watching, and uh, you've played Gyro Babies, which is how. That's why I I, I got the guts to message you because I was like, well, he's playing Gyro Babies, so maybe he'll come on the show. So I appreciate that. But also, I was I was quite surprised even that you would play Jackal Trades, which is um, my kind of side project. This kind of hip hop electro, and obviously because like, in obviously it's very niche, even within Scotland, even within the yes, hip hop yeah. scene in Scotland. So I I was just like. Quite stunned, pleasantly surprised that you would even play that in your show.
0: Um, yeah, I don't really have any, I going to say, I don't have any boundaries. I know no societal norms. Um, no, I, um, if I like something, I tend to like, I just, I like it unquestioningly, I suppose. And, and, um, and I think anybody who regularly listens to the show has got to be fairly open-minded because of the sheer range of stuff I play, you know. Um, so I think every so often there'll be probably be a point where somebody will turn off or turn it down because they don't want to hear loud Belgian techno or they don't want to hear whatever. But um, I don't know. Uh, my ears are open, really. So I think when I was younger, probably when I was in my 20s or, or, or early 30s, I would have said, oh, I, I'd never play country and western or I'd never play you know, heavy metal or something. But that's not the case anymore. I think the, you know the, the more music you like, the more music you like. You know, I think it, it, uh, certainly for me, as I've got older, uh, my my sort of floodgates have opened. I suppose. So you're actually
1: one of those people that says, "What kind of music do you like?" And you say anything, but you actually mean it. Most people, when you say yeah. anything, what anything, or oh, do, do you want a bit of Scottish hip hop? Do you want a bit of dark metal? They will go, "No, I mean, I mean, I like everything that's on the ra- you know Radio yeah. One, the the A list." So. Yeah. What I'd like to do right now, Graham, is I'd like to because uh, Andy Martin asked me a question. So Andy Martin's a producer I worked And um, right. he's first, he gave me two questions. The first question was he was interested in the he bought shout out to Andy Martin, he's tuned in. He bought the other man's <laughs> book. He's obsessed with the fall. Thank he's you. literally only less to the he's only listened to the fall for the last two years, as he was telling me. So I was like, What are you doing with your beats? And he went, Well. I've not been making much music, I just listened to the fall. He's got a massive collection. Send me a picture of your collection if you can, man. And, um, so this is a he asked me if, um, you what, what music for his first question was, What music, when, if any, when you were writing other the otherwise, you're writing this book, film script, whatever you want to call it, with Marky Smith, were you listening to any music at that time, if anything?
0: Um. I can't speak for what Mark was listening to at that time. Uh, uh, when we were writing it, I was listening to Remit a lot, which was the, the current album uh, uh, of that period when we were writing, certainly when we were working on the script, uh, which has got great tracks on it like Lodestones. And uh, so, so yeah, uh, so I was listening to a lot of The Fall, funnily enough, because it chimed with what we were doing, you know. Um, I, I mean, Mark was fairly, you know, Mark, I think there's probably more. Well, if you look at the range of, of um, cover versions that the full did, I think that tells you like how wide his uh, tastes were. You know, psychedelia, Sister Sledge, country and western. You know, the, everything's in there. Captain Beefheart. Uh, you know, it's. Um, I think. I don't know. I, I, it surprises me when people people are so prepared to reduce. What they like? There's a great line in um, "Play a Piano" by Kurt Vonnegut, and uh, somebody says, um, "Show me, uh, show me a specialist, and I'll show you somebody who's painting themselves into a corner." And I think that sort of resonates with me. I like that.
1: That's a that's an amazing term, man. It's a, absolutely brilliant. And uh, Andy Martin's second question. If you anyone's got questions, you can comment below as well. But Andy Martin's second question was a was a test to see. No, this is a. Tough question.
0: Oh, the I'm, loop.
1: Yeah, yeah, right. So, so this is Andy Martin. I'm just going to play a small piece of this um, sample. I know there's a few f- fans of The Fall who are tuned in. So let's see if anyone else can figure it out. It's a very small loop, and if you're a f- what you need to be a, a, you know we're all big Fall fans here. Kevin Williamson is tuned in. See if you can figure this one out. What is this from? This is um, A sample. The Andy Martin took Sorry if any lawyers are watching. Don't worry, we don't make any money in Jackal Trades, so just get that out of the way. But this is called I Hate My Notifications. It's off the new Jackal Trades album, which is available to pre-order in Bandcamp. Can you figure out which song from the fall this song comes from? Not the day I delete. This is the day I I hate my Notifications. I can't I can always reply. some Took a day off once, and I had died. I am twenty four seven, three six four. Oh. Twenty three seven. Right, that's enough of that. That's enough of that. Yeah, so if- it's good. Yeah, I'll tell you what, if anyone can figure that out, they get a free you call that radio t shirt sent out to them tomorrow. We'll get we we'll, let we'll, we'll that one go around. It's um by the way, I know the answer, and it's very difficult. It's very <laughs> difficult. But I know that there might be a a, a a a fall fan who's going, I know that. So if you write the answer in the comments and you get it correct, you get a you call that radio t shirt that sent to you in the post tomorrow morning. Owen Brindle says he has no idea. Um, Lou says, I love an eclectic taste in music. I like anything too, from Gyros to Beyonce, Peril Jam to Neil Diamond. And then there's that Scottish (laughs) hip-hop. Good on you, Lou. Good on you, Lou. Very good. Um, And, um, yeah, so... uh,
0: So, uh, Can I just say... Um, Owen Brindle, hello. <laughs> Owen is a, is a very old friend, but I've not seen him for many, many years. But he—he uh, he was at the when uh, we had our first band. He was the drummer in the band, and I was the shouter. But yeah, hi <laughs> Owen. Hope you're well. And what did your music sound like in your first band? Um, one half Joy Division, one half Suzy and the Banshees, I suppose. <laughs> but but that, uh, yeah, but that, I mean th- they were really good. But I just couldn't sing. That was that was the thing. I, th- I think my lyrics were probably not too bad, but I just wasn't much of a singer, really.
1: It didn't stop me, mate. It didn't stop me. <laughs> just been- shout- I just kept shouting. If you just keep shouting, eventually, eventually, someone will listen. is what I've learned. Yeah. Um, Owen I'm says not. you are, you were a great shouter. Oh, a great bless shouter, you, man. <laughs> and. Um, but yeah, man, Graham. So we're going. To, we're talking about. Let's go back to the book because I'm, I've now yeah. got the link of uh, the otherwise link. So I'm going to put it in the comments for anyone who's not. So, what is the chances of this being made into film? I'm sure that's what you want
0: oh yeah of course of course um well we're in i don't want to jinx it really because we're in very very early talks with with the, a few people about this but i think i think it's a possibility i think it's there's a possibility we can get it made which is obviously you know gladdens my heart because i mean it's a real shame we couldn't get it made when when mark was alive but I think Mark just scared a lot of people. You know, I, I I never saw the scary side of him. I don't doubt that there was a scary side of him, but I didn't see that with me. He was always generous and kind and really sweet-natured. And, you know, just we had a laugh. We laughed a lot, you know, and he and was a really gentle, funny guy. And, and, and and you know, I think if I'd have been a basis to something, then maybe I'd have, we would have fallen out. But I'm not. I can't play an instrument to save my life. So, um yeah, I, I think, um, sorry, I forgot what the question was now. I was so busy eulogising about Mark. What was well, the question?
1: Well, obviously the people, the people want the film. And I, I just think that, uh, yeah, I, yeah. Think, I think especially, you know, because obviously everyone would want in the book when Mark was alive. But I think the fact that when Marky e. Smith passed away, I think so many people were just... Over, overwhelmed by his legacy like see see honestly every other night in this show someone's on this show with a marky smith story whether they supported them or they went to a gig it's just a constant thing yeah. uh, when you when you have that so, so much of a back catalog you've played that many gigs you just seem to bump into everybody so i think that there's I mean, even if it's even off with the big wigs, if the big wigs are watching this right now and they're thinking about should that should we invest in this film or not, then you definitely should because if you don't invest in it, I think a crowd funder, I think the fans would invest in it. I think we all want to see Marky Smith and Graham Duff's horror film come onto the big screen.
0: Oh, thank you. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's that's definitely that's that's what we're working towards. So see, I don't want to talk about it too much in terms of of it being actual film because it's it's such early days. But there is a there's a will to do it, you know. And I think there isn't there's an audience for it as well. And um and I'm I'm immensely proud of it as a script. You know, the the, the script we've got is like a second draft. So we we've sort of worked on it over you know a couple of years really. So it's 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 quite I think it's quite polished. And certainly anybody who's read it, it's got a great response from. But it's a very weird situation because most films that you would go and see, you wouldn't have already read the script, would you? And and I, you know, so that sort of makes the stakes a bit higher in in, in some respects for, for certain members of the audience. The fact that some people are going to, you know, if it does get made, some people will will go already knowing the story, knowing the twists, knowing the denouement. That's quite weird. But then a lot of things about Mark were quite weird, so maybe that's
1: <laughs> not. Hundred percent, man. It's uh, absolutely like I think that the film needs to be made. I, th- I think that it's like it's just. It's, I mean, it's quite. What's different about this, this situation is, is that obviously because it's a script, it's a wee bit different. But at the end of the day, how many books have been made into films, and yeah. people people still enjoy the films. Obviously, most people tend to say the books better than the film because they're working in their own imagination. But have you ever been in a situation whereby you thought that the the film was better than the book?
0: Ooh that's a good question. Um Oh, interesting. I th- yes, I think well this is a very mainstream example, but I would say that the the film of you only live twice is 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 definitely superior to the book. Um and I've seen the film I don't know 10 15 times. I've read the book twice and i read it again recently and it's 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 deathly dull a lot of it there certainly isn't an enormous underground layer in a volcano uh there's a lot of very sort of detailed stuff about um japanese culture and and things and and it's it's bone dry a lot of it whereas the film's just like a cavalcade of set pieces and it's really gripping so yeah that's that's a definite definite one for me
1: uh, we've got uh, we've got in the comments, uh, blood dud fi- flies, blood dud flies. Really hope it happens. Owen says, can we have Frightened off Live at the Witch Trials as a theme song for the film? Is that, I mean, have you given the, the soundtrack a thought? That's a very good question. Uh, is the soundtrack in your head already or have you got some ideas for it?
0: Um, I've got a few ideas, but, but interestingly, what, like part of the... Um Part of the story uh, uh, of the of the film is um, is the Fall recording an EP in a in a studio on, on Pendle Hill in Lancashire. Um, so the idea was that the Fall would do sort of instrumentals for the sort of you know atmospheric scenes, and also some of it would be um, would be the Fall playing in the studio. So, um, so be, yeah, surprisingly, there would be a lot of Fall on the um, on the soundtrack. <laughs> but but I think it would be I think. Although personally I love the idea of having frightened on the soundtrack, I don't think Mark would. I think going back to something he wrote when he was, you know, nineteen or whatever, he'd probably uh, <laughs> he wouldn't be up for that. Although he was, because um, they used um, Ben Wheatley used Industrial Estate at the end of um, uh, his film High Rise, which I thought was a brilliant film, and um, he asked me if I'd mind asking Mark if, if it was all right to use. Um, to use industrial estate on that, And I I thought Mark might bridle at that. But actually, he was was perfectly up for it. And I think, you know, he was a Ballard fan as well. So I think he really appreciated the the connection, you know. Uh, Yeah, but
1: with the, the fall, the... I, I, I mean, I hope it happens, and I, I, I'm sure it will happen. I just genuinely believe it will happen. I'm 100 percent sure it will happen. Oh, that's a good to No, I'm confident. I'm confident. Uh, no, I don't know if this question is allowed to be asked or not because maybe you're in discussions. But if you were to do the film, who you just mentioned the follower in in the film, who would what what stage of the of the era? What era of the fall is in the film? And uh, also, who would play Marquis Smith?
0: Right, uh, who would play Mark? I don't know. That's that's one of the that's one of the biggest questions uh, around the whole thing, I suppose. It's very early days for that, but um, it was meant to be contemporaneous, so it was it was set when it was written, which was twenty fifteen. You know, so three or four years before uh, before Mark died. So it was that that incarnation of the fall and Mark, as he was, you know, in his mid fifties, I suppose. Would would uh, would be the thing. So, I'm sure there's lots of art, um, actors that would be baying at the leash to play Margie Smith. But also, I think there's probably plenty who'd be quite scared of playing him because there'd be a lot of expectation there. You know,
1: absolutely. But I think yeah, man, I think there'd be no shortage of people who would put their names in the hat for that. Um, when I when I. Uh, yeah, Kevin Wilson said when I heard turn off your notifications, Facebook troll cream to mind. Yeah, Kevin, well, that's um, thank you for retweeting that video yesterday as well. I appreciate that. Uh, yeah, that's just one of the songs on the new Shackle uh, new Trades album, which is available to buy now. And I actually want to talk a about, about right. this because, Graeme, what I've done just now is... Rather than release the album on all the platforms, which every YouTube person has told me that you gotta go everywhere at the same time, get the buzz going. I have released it on Bandcamp secretly. There's only two tracks in the bandcamp. I released it oh, that's a good idea. Um, on Monday. So it's private and it will go out in a general release later on in the month. It's so topical that it needs to go out this month. It's definitely going out this month. But I just thought I'm gonna try and bribe. Uh, nosy, curious people to hear it earlier and hopefully get a few more digital downloads before it goes on Spotify. And obviously now that you're running a record label and I know that you're um, focusing mainly on the the vinyl side of things, but do you use Spotify? What's your your general um, opinion on the digital world that we're in just now with with releasing music?
0: Um, Well, it's... uh, (laughs) It's quite polarising, isn't it? Because um, I think for uh, for music consumers, it's obviously a great time to be alive because you can get lots of stuff that you wouldn't have access to otherwise and you don't even have to pay for it. And obviously the, the flip side of that is it's one of the worst times in some respects for music creators because, you know, a lot of bands say to me, oh, we get loads of listens on Bandcamp but nobody actually buys it, you know? And I think... It's not true. That nobody buys it, but I think people have got a very cavalier attitude to um, you know to, to music and music production. And you know, obviously, doing a weekly show, I could um, you know I, I could be contacting everybody and say, oh, you know, if you send me your stuff, I'll, I'll play it. But it, you basically cost you know a quid or fifty p for a track is what it costs you know to buy uh, something off Bandcamp. You know, some albums you can you can buy for a quid. I just I don't begrudge paying a quid, you know, uh, for for something that's great and I'm going to possibly listen to for years to come. When you think, well, you know, how easily a quid spent. So I'm a huge advocate of Bandcamp. I don't think it's perfect, but I think it's very good in, in a lot of ways. Uh, Spotify I don't use. I find Spotify infuriating. I think the way this is just personal opinion. I'm not I'm not advocating we all um, boycott Spotify, but. Um, uh, the way the sound's compressed, I really don't like it. It's that's a bit ugly, and I don't like it as a business model. I think um, there's a very interesting essay written or interview recently with um, a guy from, is it Wolf Eyes and Wolf Eyes, and he was basically saying if if somebody played one of their tracks on Spotify continually for like a month. This, the, the, they'd earned such a tiny amount of money and most of that money would go to people like Celine Dion, you know, wouldn't actually go to them because of the way it's set up, you know, and that's that's horrific, isn't it, really? Um, so, yeah, I, I, I don't use Spotify. I, I almost exclusively use Bandcamp.
1: Yeah, man, it's, uh, you know, fuck Celine Dion, I would say, too. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. Uh, well, yeah, well, not, not, I mean, Celine Dion as a metaphor, and it just yes. seems like, the rich get richer and the poor. It's a kind of, uh, it's a, it's a, it's a mirror of society that it's the same oh, thing. Absolutely. The rich get richer. And, and then, but, uh, and it, what you mentioned, a really good point there about Spotify being a vi- what a time to be alive for a consumer of music, because I was against Spotify. I did my one man boycott for about four years. There was no gyro babies or jack hmm. trades on Spotify for many, many years. And then I kind of gave in and it was because I went on a lot. We started driving to festivals And I I was on, someone had Spotify Premium. Because every time I tried Spotify, it had adverts. And I was like, this is terrible. Why is anyone even into this? And then when I tried the Premium, I was like, all right, you can pick any song you like. And the algorithm is fantastic at guessing what you're into. So they have made a fantastic app there. And that's why the music's on there, because I know that people are there, and that's how they're listening to music. So Scottie got on there as well. But the reason I'm using Bandcamp first is I just hope that people that really care about the music are going to buy it now, before it goes out in a couple of weeks, and then they listen to it before anyone else. I hope that's the case because I know that I'm guilty of myself. I listen to a, a, an album on Spotify, and I will go, if I like it, I'm going to buy it. And then you do like it, but then there's so much music that you forget to buy it.
0: Yeah, no, it's it's um, it's it feels to me like it's all still coming to rest. I don't feel like we're we're at this sort of optimum point for how for our digital music is, is is sold and consumed yet. I think there's, an, I've got no idea what it is, but I sense we're, we're, we're a stage away from from something a little bit more ideal that benefits the artists more. You know, and maybe it's uh, maybe it's some artist-led platform or something. I don't know. I don't know. I'm too old to know. That's the problem. <laughs> <laughs> Me too,
1: mate. Me too. It's <laughs> saw TikTok these days. And I'm like, right, that's it. I'm not doing TikTok. Yeah. And, I, uh, and there's lots of artists that come on here that are doing very well in TikTok. And I don't uh, judge anyone for using TikTok. But it's like, there's too, I've got too many passwords. I've ran out of passwords to remember. Yeah, I know. You see if you use the same important. password for the same thing, you'll get you know, people will rob your bank account. So yeah. I'm using different passwords for everything and I've ran out of passwords. I've ran out of, I can't do it all, man. I'm, I'm, I'm on, I've got what I've got and I've got what I've got. I've got a question <laughs> here from Owen. He says, one more question and then I'll shut up and listen. Is there any chance of an ideal film
0: um, I do get asked that a lot, and it's weird because it was announced, for some reason it was announced years ago on um, IMDB as being in development with with Ben Wheatley, uh, and it's not. <laughs> I don't know why why that's still on there. And I don't know who put it up. Um, no, there, there might at some point, possibly, but it's certainly not something we're working on at the moment. We were, weirdly, at the beginning of last year, Johnny and myself and a, a couple of other promoters were talking about doing a um, a stage version of it, we were going to try and do a stage version of it with, with like much the friends reduced. reunion. Like the friends reunion, mm. <laughs> I'm probably the only person that didn't watch the friends reunion. Not I've not watched that.
1: I've I seen I see a couple of
0: clips, I've seen a couple of clips,
1: and mm. yeah, it was just interesting to see you know what happens to plastic surgery really in the future. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it was, I've not actually watched all, I've seen a bit of clips of it. Good luck to yeah. them, but yeah, I mean, oh, yeah. A, bit, a bit, obviously, Johnny, what was
0: Johnny Vegas up to these days? Um well he's had a series on called uh, Carry On Glamping about setting up his own um campsite uh, and also he's done a couple of other things as well. Well, he's actually just had this series on that, that I script edited for him, actually, which was on um, UK Gold, written by a very talented writer called Jason Cook, who I like, co-wrote um, Heaven with a few years ago. Um, so, yeah, it's him and Sean Gibson as a as a um, as an, an unlikely detective duo. So that's that's just been on UK Gold, and it was a pleasure working with the again on that. That was good fun. Um amazing. I'll keep... Carry on busy.
1: glamping. Yeah, man. I mean, I'll need to check that out because I'm a big fan of Johnny Vegas. And yeah, and it is yeah, I'd love to go to a campsite that Johnny Vegas was organizing as well. That oh, sounds that amazing. Sounds huh? uh, Wakes is in the house. Happy birthday, Minerva Wakes. Have to draw the line at TikTok. Are you call that radio dance though? That's a good <laughs> shout. We do have we do have jingles. You know, we've got jingles. Uh, yeah, yeah. They're
0: quite classic yeah. jingles.
1: I think. Uh, yeah, we've got we've got some, mate, we've got some hits. What's a wee what's a we sample? Do
0: you want
1: That's just one of many jingles we've got. By the That's way, good. that that jingle is sung. I wrote I wrote the words for it, but that was sung by the incredible Amelia Baylor, who is a comedy genius working in Glasgow. She's um locked down, she turned locked in into a Twitch channel, and she just she she's on she's on here about three or four nights a week and she's doing she does one night where she just sings songs. She takes um cover versions and turns them into songs about Snacks she likes, and then um, oh, wigs, right. wigs and snacks. I think it's called. <laughs> and then um, I, I, recommend that she's very, very funny. But yeah, maybe we should get a, you call that radio dance for that. Also, I've got some news. I've got some news from the, the always supportive Angela Doherty, who says that she has pre-ordered the book. Thank you, uh, thank you, Angela. Thank Angela, you, you, you always, Angela. Get a stamp of approval from Angela. We need to get a, a wee jingle for the stamp of approval from Angela because Angela supports the good stuff. And um, thank you very much, Angela, for supporting that and all the good things you do. Um, Blood Dead Flies has got a very good point. He says the only thing Bandcamp is missing is a playlist option.
0: Yes, that's that very is true. Yeah, yeah.
1: very true. Very true. And I mean, Bandcamp, I mean, there was a golden era of Bandcamp. Because I'm, I'm looking at my sales compared to, you know, maybe 2014 to 2016 to 2018 to now. And it's not that I've got worse or I've got less of an audience. It's the op- opposite, I would hope. Well, I've definitely got a bigger audience and the numbers have went down. And there's o- the only thing that I can put that down to is that people don't need to buy it anymore. They can just uh, stream it on Spotify. And the playlist is a very good reason why people... The Bandcamp app, people aren't using as much. I think a lot of people buy things from Bandcamp to support me, but they, they maybe listen to it on Spotify. And that's fine as well. I mean, that that's the best Spotify listener, is the person who buys it in Bandcamp anyway to show support. Yeah. But yeah, maybe they could they could do that. Um, we've also got um, R Shackleton saying, Hi all, looking forward to reading the book script. Just a guess, but is the sample from the Wire track, Cactus'd Yes, okay, that is not the right answer. Also, I've just realised that Kevin Williamson was making a play on words uh, earlier on when he said Facebook troll, he was talking about, uh, what's the song? Uh, Fiber troll. Fiber troll, right, I get it, I get it, Kevin. That is also the wrong answer. That is the <laughs> wrong answer as well. It's not easy, man. I mean, the thing is that Andy, Andy messaged me going, can you tell what... I didn't even know. I don't know the record. The song. I went, do you know what song from the fall I sampled? I was like, oh, for fuck's sake! Wait, worried about legal issues. <laughs> obviously, <laughs> obviously, I'm always worried about legal issues. But I, just, but I was like, then, then, when he told me the answer, I was like, there's no fucking way I would have got that. I'm going to tell his answer in a wee minute. Well, I'll tell his, uh, just before we finish, Um, we've got. Uh, I love her pizza parties. That's Amelia Baylor. She's hilarious. Her pizza parties every Saturday night on Twitch. Check out Amelia Baylor. Very funny. Happy twenty first. Joe says. Greg uh, Owen says. Carry on glamping It's a brilliant example of how not to set up a campsite that ends up being brilliant. <laughs> like, <laughs> like 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 a free party, like a wee rave. Uh, we've got um, another. Co- we've got loads of comments coming in. I'll try and uh, read them out in a wee bit. But I was wanting to ask you about. Um, the absence of normal.
0: Yes, that's um, that's a series that was was on Radio Four. So we did we did the second series earlier this year and it's um it's short stories written by uh alexi sale which i've adapted uh, as like standalone dramas so yeah it, it, they were absolute pleasure alexi is really good to work with because he's really sweet and gentle but he's still so <laughs> vile you know as he used to be uh, when, when we first became aware of him so that's really good and the the stories are funny and we, we got great casting um the l- last episode of the series was um uh, had Maxine Peake in it doing doing like a, a monologue essentially, and I've wanted to write for Maxine Peake for so long, and that was a real pleasure, and you know a, a sublime performance. And in the first episode, I got to perform opposite uh, Tim McInnery, so that was a real buzz as well. So that was that was really good fun. So yeah, ho- hopefully we're going to do another series next year, but we're, we're sort of wait we're waiting to hear. Um, so doing that oh, One other thing I was going to mention is it's record store day uh, this this Saturday, and I, I've I've written this this book as well. I've written another book, which is uh, there you go. Graham, it's, how uh... do you find the time? How do you find the time?
1: Um... Wait, seriously, seriously, I I don't know how you do it. Like you just you're just doing things all the time. Sorry, oh, yeah. I just please tell me about the new book. But I was just I just had to have a moment of pause. Going <laughs> no, 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 another no. book, another book
0: i know i know it, i i'm not a big fan of free time uh, i just like <laughs> doing stuff just like doing stuff i like creating st- stuff and the thing is that's what I do for work, but that's sort of also what I do for leisure. So, you know, that's how the radio show came about, the music show, because I was just making myself playlists and mixtapes all the time to listen to, and I just thought, I oh, should, should be sharing Does this. It
1: showed, like, but, Graeme, I'm very lucky God. that, you see, um, that's what I was doing before lockdown, and then lockdown came along, and I was fucked, so I just started a, a podcast, and thankfully, because yeah. we've got a, we've got a, a, a few people who've chipped in a couple of pounds a month to the Patreon, it's meant that I can pay my bills just about, by do, yeah. by talking to interesting people like yourself, so I, I feel very grateful and very lucky and blessed to be able to do this. But I mean, what what would you say? Do you ever? It's a very good question because I feel like uh, it's um, there's a there's sometimes I feel like it's work and sometimes I feel like it's leisure. Is that the same for you? Is that is, what what bits are annoying? What bits feel what out of the whole everything you do broadcasting <laughs> writing? What's, this, what's the bits that are annoying and just you can't be asked me basically
0: the bits that are annoying and i'm sure most people say the same is the bits that involve what you call gatekeepers you know it's like i can write x number of scripts that i think uh you know the exactly the sort of programs i want to watch whether or not i can convince anybody to make them is another matter so for everything that's the other thing for everything that i do you know that i can say i've written this book i've done this there's four or five other things that i've not been able to get to the to the final stage if you know what i mean um i don't know I, I, I sometimes i struggle with that but then you meet producers and you meet execs who who completely get it you know but i do tend to get the thing quite a lot from people where they say oh i like stuff because it's really it's a bit weird uh, so could you develop something and then you develop it and they go it's a bit weird isn't it and you go well yeah it is a bit but anyway but let me quickly tell you about this so this is this is coming out on record store day it's it's uh called pf456 and it's two 10-inch singles and a seven-inch single. And basically it's it's about wire at the turn of the century when they uh, reformed. Loads of fo- photographs. Um, it's really nicely put together. Interviews with all the band and Jake Chapman, the artist, as well. Um, so, yeah, uh, it's, it's coming out on Record Store Day, so you might like it.
1: Amazing, man. I've got a message from Andy Martin. Who's um, sending me pictures of his fall collection? Collection, oh, <laughs> yeah. nice, yeah, that's nice. Uh, he's he's got he's got more. he's much more than that. He's got much more than that. He's got um, all sorts. This guy is uh, uh, literally that's what he said. He's just listened for the last two years. Always, always listened I mean, he's been listening to fall forever, but he just mm. he's just especially been listening to fall more. He's got he's got all the cassettes. He's got the vinyl, and uh, yeah, well, maybe when we tell you the answer to the song.
0: Um, oh yeah, because
1: right I couldn't now. get that. I couldn't get that. No idea. Right. Well, he's actually told me the the link of it. So it's um okay. So it's here. So uh, we'll, we'll play a little bit of the song again, and then we'll see it. This is your last chance, guys. If you can guess this song right now, then you win a free. <laughs> you call that radio t shirt. I certainly didn't get it, and it's it's difficult. I mean, the thing is that Andy Martin's a beat maker, so he he sees the world in a different way from me. So he thinks it is obvious. You know what I Oh as if I would get it. I mean once she, once I heard dance, I was like, it was not like I was like, oh damn, I'm so close. I knew <laughs> it I had no idea I would never have got it. Um, but yeah, so so we'll hear a, a a quick snippet of this. So this is the song that he sampled. This is the song, the new song on the Jasper Trains album. F- the day I delete, this is the song. Notifications love the dopamine of when they like. Okay, last orders at the bar to win the t-shirt. Can you figure out what that is? Uh, would you like to make one last guess, Graham?
0: I really haven't. Like, is it something from from the Unutterable? Is it something like Ketamine Son or something like that? It's no.
1: He's actually sent me the link. He sent me the link. It's um, not. It's not, man. But it's. Um, it could be from that. I, I don't know. So I mean, the thing is, is that. You've got to remember, I'm a, I'm a little bit younger, so I learned... Um, Tam, the van, who's tuned in just now, he taught me a lot of the fall because we, we travelled around and we just listened to the fall while we travelled mm. from festival to festival. And Tam would tell me, "Oh, it's such an extensive back catalogue. If you're too young, it's hard to take it all in. Yeah, it's I daunting, love it. I love it. <laughs> it's a daunting back catalogue. I love it. I, I absolutely love it. I love everything Marky Smith did. And um I'm a, I'm a massive fan, but it's like... To, to totally um, take it all in has been has been difficult and and I'm not that young by the way there's people younger than <laughs> me that are probably even more confused by it all but this is the tune and this is the bit apparently the bit is here so I'll get it the right bit because he says it's this bit okay so uh, the song was called Chicago Now oh right so let's just hear how that sounds um, compared to that what you just city, city <laughs>
0: know, you know what i
1: mean that that's a beat yeah. maker for you
0: yeah uh, that is that is zooming in isn't it that's the thing about it. it's zooming in to the micro and then turning that into the macro yeah beautiful i
1: would yeah, have never yeah, have got that never have got that no, he's um, he's some guy. Uh, it's Andy Martin at Bandcamp.com. I'm going to put a wee link in the comments for anyone who wants to check his stuff. An amazing producer, man. Of what a beatmaker he is. He just uses um. He, he likes to sample jazz and the fall <laughs> in, a very, yeah. in a very in a very in a very minute way. Um, so check him out. He's called Andy Martin, and uh, okay, he's well. a, he's an amazing guy. He's I think he's only I think he's now the only producer has been in every Jack O'Tray's album. Andy Martin, we salute you for your. And I don't think the lawyers will hear that unless they watch this thing. But don't worry, we. Jackal trades is no money. There is no point in Trust, trust me. Scottish hip hop is not a big market. It's not a happening thing right now. <laughs> sadly, um, we got. I thought wire was invented by two Scotsmen fighting over a penny. Says Greg. <laughs> big ups wire says Angela. Is it hit the north? Says Lindsay. Sorry, no, it's not. It's not, I'm afraid. Uh, but thank you for everyone who's played the game tonight. We really do appreciate you. We appreciate you. And I was just want to talk about the audiobook I'm listening to just now as uh, Foreground Music. And I mean, when did that come out? I thought that was reasonably new.
0: Uh, that's my first book that came out in October 2019. So it's, all right. yeah, it's about a year and a half ago, something like that. We don't count don't the like last it. year and a half. Guys. I know, I know. The it's last, just all got the last year
1: doesn't count. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, man, it's yes. really weird, man. It's actually quite scary. Like, I actually think that this has been going on for about, it feels like 10 years. We've been in lockdown. I just did my first level two pint a couple of days ago. But at the same time, uh, Roberta Pierre did a, a collaboration. Our friend Roberta, who's on the show often, she did a collaboration with Katie Tunstall just a wee, They did a song, Corona, the rhythm, this is the rhythm of the night. And that was like a month after lockdown and it came up in the memories a year ago. I'm like, surely not. And it's like yeah. a year ago doesn't feel like a year ago and a month ago doesn't feel like a month ago. Yeah. Uh, how, how, are you, how are you coping with lockdown? Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm assuming you're just writing like, fuck.
0: Yeah, I'm, I, I was saying this the other night. I'm slightly embarrassed by how much I enjoyed it. You know, I am obviously aware that a lot of people died and society collapsed, but I got loads done, <laughs> I suppose. Um, you know, I think The Otherwise is a bigger book because of the lockdown, because I had more time to write some essays and got somebody to transcribe some of Mark and I in conversation. Um, I wrote a wrote Do
1: you know what? We haven't actually talked about that. The, the, fu- the, f- the future is here to
0: stay yes yeah which is this one which is uh, i wrote this in in this this will really piss you off i wrote this in three weeks in uh, in, in february <laughs> um so it's basically it's, it's a guide to all 51 of, of, of the full singles um so that's just um it's going to come out as an ebook in about six months but at the moment you can only get it if you order the um uh, the The hardback edition of of, uh, of the Otherwise, so you get that, you get some postcards and stuff. Um, so I don't think there's many of those left, but yeah, if you fancy that. So and I ent- I, ent- I was great. I got to interview loads of X Four musicians like Mark Riley and Paul Hanley and uh, Una Baines, who was Mark's girlfriend and was in in the fall I very I, bet, beginning.
1: I we played a gig in Una B- with Una Baines in Manchester not long before lockdown. Think like November with,
0: with Poppycock.
1: Yes, with poppycock. we poppycock. Uh, oh, yeah. gy- gyro Babies were headlining and they were supporting, and it was it was, uh, it was lovely. I met her briefly. She's hopefully coming on the show. Uh, oh, great. Not, we've, not, we've not made that happen yet, but yeah, man, absolute big fan. So uh, ho- hopefully soon. But yeah, man, I'll, I would like to ask you this, right? So I, I write a lot as well, man. I, I write all the time, and I'm always working. I mean, I've used this, um, the downtime, less hangovers. Less um, things to go to mm. as a as an opportunity to do more work and write more and but it, as a guy with a, a a very short concentration span, I've kind of been put off the idea by a book maybe because I don't think I've had the, I'm always waiting for this the great big idea to come. So that's where where I'm at just now. But I'm waiting for the great big idea because I think if I got the great big idea, I would just put my heart and soul into it and I would you know work really hard on it. Yeah. but. What is um I mean what's your concentration like? Is it is it something for everyone or is it like because I've got a friend uh Loki who wrote an Orwell Prize winning book, Poverty Savari, and I and then he just totally blew me away with that. But it's like the concentration of to, to finish a thing. I mean, any advice for a a short uh writer like me, I can write lyrics like fuck man, I could write you a song and um very quickly, but to to, to have the concentration. To take it to the end. Any advice yeah. for the likes of me or anyone else watching us?
0: I, I think the the, the key advice I, I'd have on any sort of writing is: really is don't judge yourself too harshly. Just get it get it out there, and then make it better. And I mean, I've said this quote so many times, but it really is one of my favourite quotes when it comes to writing. It's by William S. Burroughs. And he says, editing is for on the page, not in the head. And I think that's what you need to do. You need to get it on the page and then start editing it rather than think of an idea and think, that's not good enough. Oh, maybe not that. You know, you can really talk yourself out of writing. So I just think I will write not quite any old rubbish, but I'll write stuff down that I know isn't right. But it just starts the process. And I think you just keep on doing that until you've got a final verse, so you've written everything that you need to write for that project. I'm, I'm a big believer in writing the bits that you're most interested in first. I very seldom start at the beginning. I will usually think, what's the most interesting bit? Write that. Right now, I'm interested in writing that and build it up like a mosaic, but that works for me. It's not going to work for everybody. Some people well, will I mean, need to go linear. I, I don't, you know.
1: The, the what you me. said there is very true for anyone who's trying to write poetry or lyrics. I agree 100% and you just write it Write it down. Don't be too harsh on yourself. You know, by all means, have a think about what you're writing. But uh, uh, for me, when I, I write fast, so just by writing, yeah, you can edit later. Uh, do you use editors or? Because I know that Loki was um, my friend, who's is working the second book. He was just he just praised his editor recently because his editor just took all his stuff and said, well, you know, gave him some good advice uh, back, and said that. Do you use editors yourself or do you?
0: Yeah. It was oh, yeah. no I, I i um i always use an editor and you know sometimes more editing is required than others but no i do and, and also I, I i edit for other people i script edit a lot um And I really enjoy doing it. And it's a really good discipline, I think, for anybody who writes to script edit as well or to to edit other people's stuff, because it teaches you to just view it as raw material, something you don't have any emotional investment in, you know. Um, No, I think I always always get somebody else's opinion because you get too close to it. You know, uh, there's um, a script I've been working on for about a year and a half with um, a writer called Deborah Turnbull. And uh, we've largely written it on Zoom, actually, weirdly enough, which seems seems to have worked okay. But we were, we were doing that for a year and a half and we got it to my agent um, oh, about two weeks ago and um, we were really pleased with it. And then she got back and she said, it's great, but this, 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 and this. And we just haven't seen those problems. But as soon as soon somebody, as soon as some outside eyes look at it, you know, they're just saying what works for them, what doesn't, you know. And then you pick and choose from that, what you want to want to work with. But, you know, she had some brilliant points that we both got. Like, oh, of course, of course. But we couldn't, <laughs> yeah, see, we couldn't see it because it'd been there for a year and a half, you know. Yeah, it's totally else similar in.
1: to the music. It's like that's why we get someone else to master our music because the producer could get too close to the songs if they created them. They're playing, you know, again, like, um, the gyro baby utopia. the guitarist played the guitar. He mixed them, he recorded them, and then it was like, right, hey, well, let's get another guy in. And it's just fresh ears, makes all the difference. And uh, yeah, no, I love that because it's like, you know, I could I could see something wrong with someone else's work and it doesn't make me better than them. It's just like, you're, you're not seeing what... Or, or, you, or he inspires you as well to go, this yeah. is a fantastic idea, but you, if you just change that word there, then wow, that'd be even better. So does that? Uh, do you ever just tell the editor to fuck off the way you know? Because you, you know you're saying, "Wow, that's amazing." And sometimes you just like, "Well, actually, I um, liked it the way it was."
0: Yeah, there's a few times when I when I've d- dug my heels in, um, but uh, you know, just but but that's usually because usually it, then it still comes back to the writing. Usually, it's like they've not understood something or not got the resonance or something, and that's because. I've probably not seed it, seeded it in well enough earlier, or something, you know. So, I think there's a couple of times there's a couple of times on ideal and a, and a couple of times on heaven where people were pushing to do something else, uh, you know, or to change something. And and you know, me on a co writer, you'd have to say, "Well, no, we think this is really important, and here's why." And and um, and also sometimes you, you've got things, you've got things in your mind that you think, right? Well, this is an important factor, but the audience aren't going to know this yet. They'll only know this in three episodes of time when you introduce this new bit of information and suddenly they'll be able to look back at this thing you did in episode two and go, oh, that's that's what that means. Um, and I think quite often as a writer, you're the only person that can hold all the story in your head at one time. And so once things get into production, it gets broken down people are seeing it as scenes, as, as costume options, as whatever it might be. And so... Um, I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's interesting because in the world of comedy, the writer is really invited to be as part of the production. In drama, not quite so much. It's like with a drama, once it's handed to... Why is, why is that? Why is that? I, I don't know, really. It's just the way it's developed. It's changing slightly. But, I mean, certainly, you know, on any comedies I've done, I've, I've been there every day, you know, on set. With, obviously, sometimes I'm acting, so I'm there, but I'm usually there every day, so if there's any problems... You know, because something might work brilliant as a script and then you get in the, in, the, in the location and it doesn't quite work for whatever reason it might be. And so you think, oh, well, we need to rewrite that. or We need to cut something out or whatever. So it's like, well, why wouldn't you want the writer there to do that? Because they're the person that knows the intricacies of it. Um, and it is less pre- prevalent in, in drama, but I think it is starting to change now. But I think I think the role of the writer in television is starting to change a little bit more anyway now. There was always that joke about the actress who was so naive she slept with the with the writer, um, <laughs> you know. But I, th- I think perhaps writers are sleeping with a few more actresses nowadays. I don't know. <laughs> I'm not sure.
1: Well, it's, it's interesting what you said about the um, dig your heels in. And then that, that's that's a, exactly a beautiful point because, so for example, if I'm dealing with a producer or even a band member who says, I think you should do it this way, it, either you do go, that's a good idea, or you double down and go, this is the way it means to be. But that's a beautiful moment as well, because you go, no, I am sure this is a good idea. Well, before, when you're putting something out to people, you're a bit vulnerable and you don't really know. But when someone says, that is wrong, and you're like, no, that is right. That bit's right. The rest of it might be shite, but that bit's right.
0: Yeah, I, don't, I, um, you know, I tend to slip, like I was saying, with my... To the music, I tend to be open to whatever anybody wants to chuck in, chuck in in terms of opinions or, or ideas on stuff, you know, because you know they might have a brilliant idea. Now, there's there's stuff, there's gags and visual things and loads of things that I've done that have not come from me. It's just somebody's suggestion on the set, and it could be, could be the cameraman, could be one of the actors. You know, actors are quite often saying, "Would it be funny if I did this?" or you know, "Would this be more interesting?" Or, and so um, you know, you just think, "Well, let's try it," and that, that actually is usually my attitude. Is let's try it. Um, yeah,
1: let's give it a
0: shot. But, let's give but, a- but sometimes you you do just know, and uh, I don't want to give the impression that I'm some sort of demonic presence on on set who's going,
1: no, it has to be this way, it has to be this way.
0: Uh, I'm not like that at all. But um, but yes, yeah, certain things. It's it's a bit like navigating the ship, isn't it? Like a couple of inches to, to you know off to one direction will lead you to another country, you know, and sometimes that's a good thing, and sometimes it isn't.
1: It's amazing, man. Well, thank you so much for joining us tonight, man. Oh, I, I'm so glad you joined the, you know, not once, but twice we've we've Graham Duff in the, the the show, and I really appreciate is, that, man. man. Um wait, let, let's get all the, let's get a, a full I know it takes you a while to do the plugs, so let, let's have five minutes of plugs. <laughs> let's start, let's start, let's start from the beginning. I think the most important thing right now is the otherwise script because I think the more people that buy the otherwise um not only that, that's going to, there's going to be feedback coming back from everyone. And what, what feedback from the fall fans? If you're a fan of the fall or you're a fan of horror, you should buy this book, read it and give feedback. And the more people that are into it, then this could be, this needs to be a, a film.
0: Graham, oh, yeah.
1: How how, how, could it be, how could it be in like, two, you know, a, you know next summer, you come on here to promote the, the film?
0: that'd be I, ideal well that would be perfect um to be able to yeah to be able to do that um it's not out of the question it's not out of the question but but we're just going to have to wait and see it, it you know I, i've been involved in a number of films and film scripts over the years some of which got made some some haven't and you can never tell you can never tell um so i, I like i say i don't want to jinx I it, can by tell, it i talk about it i know you can i know you can you can feel it in your waters,
1: can't you? as someone with no experience in the film or the mu- I mean, what is worse actually? That's a good question. Music industry versus film industry. What's worse? I went to a I went to a, a a free bar at a film thing. I was invited to. I can't remember why. I did something. I, I mean I make I make music videos and I, I film stuff, but I'm not exactly a big deal there. But I got invited to hang and I was really surprised that I thought the I thought the music scene was um, privileged. And then I went in the at the, mu- the film scene. and It just seemed like it was a, a little bit posher than I was expecting. Is that is that same? I mean, like I said, I've only got a tiny little window into one free bar party I went to. Is it? Would you say that's same um, representative all around the UK or?
0: i think um i think yes i think if if the working class feels underrepresented in the world of music then it's it's a hundred times worse in in the in the world of uh, film and television i would say yeah i think why in the is majority... why
1: do you guys? it's because if you're working class
0: you can pick up
1: the guitar learn it in your house and if you you can just be good you can just get good at it and without all the fancy technology just you and acoustic guitar you work your ass off you can be good at it is it is it that the reason? Do you think that you can I think that, show yeah. your talent?
0: I think that's part of it. I think you know, without wanting to sound like a, a Marxist footballer, it, I think part of it is about the means of production. You know, <laughs> I think a bit. It's it's about you know, you can you can get a guitar, you can get some drums, you can you can get very quickly from having nothing to having a demo to getting something released, whether it's on a major label or not. um it, it, Even now, it's it you know, now it's easier than ever to to get uh, you know to make a film or to you know to 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 do a pilot or whatever with your with your own money but it's still a lot more work involves a lot more people and therefore generally a lot more money and you know and that's another big difference between the music industry and and the the film industry is that the movement in the film industry is glacial you know i've got films uh, scripts that i've sort of had in development for you know two or three years and that's you know and that's that's basically like having an album that you recorded you know, all the demos for two or three years ago, and you're still waiting for the money to be able to properly record the album. Um, you know, so it's it's incredibly slow in in in, in films. And, that's,
1: and that and that is true, Graham. As as a I, in in my opinion, one of the, one of the best out there doing it. You know, what I mean, from my point of view, it's like you're one of the greatest. So it just boggles my head that an investor wouldn't just just give you the money. You've got an idea, just give you the money. But there's obviously as a it's an expensive thing to do it right. Also, I've got this meme that I want to share with you just when you said Marx is a footballer. The most important <laughs> part of my evil plan is to get footballers to kneel before matches. Carol Marx said that. <laughs> what are you
0: it's, making of that, it's, man? What are you making of It's bizarre.
1: Carol Marx <laughs> making England fans boo England players. Right before, when, when Scotland it's Scotland versus England in the 18th and if the England players kneel, and this is a question I'd like to ask, this is how you when you call that red t shirt. If the England players kneel and, and some a small minority of England fans boo, what should the Scotland fans sing? I mean it's not like Scott, Scotland's gonna pretend they're not racist for a day just to just to, just the like, you know, but Scotland's got its own problems. But yeah, I mean, what would you make us? What'd you make it? What's going on?
0: I mean I, you know I'll be honest with you I have got zero interest in football I was n- I've never been interested in football at all to me it looks like men kicking a ball around and I can't invest anything more in it than that but uh, the, the reaction to it just you know to the kneeling thing is bizarre the fact that you would boo your own team I, I just I, I mean it's so complicated isn't it it's so complicated but I'm sure would, you know a lot of those people if you said um you know, could you explain exactly what it is that's Marxist about this? Could you explain Marxism in, in any sort of simple terms? I'm sure not. It's the way that Antifa has become something for people to rail against. It's like, I don't know, it's, it's, it's it, you know, it's like the people that were protesting outside hospitals during the, you know, the pandemic. It, I, there's there's certain mindsets I can't I can't get my head around. I'm the sort of person that, you know, I'll, I'll be in a cab, and if the cab driver starts spouting off about, know, dodgy opinions, whatever. I tend to just listen, not because I agree with them, but just because I want to. My world isn't like that. I don't know anybody who's got those opinions, so I want to be able to listen to the psychology. And I think I've got a writer's mindset for that anyway. But I always think you're not going to change a cab driver's mind. You know, (laughs) if if somebody was if if somebody was just extolling something utterly racist, I would absolutely say that's bollocks, mate, or whatever it might be. But generally, I just I just tend to listen because. That's so outside my experience. I'm fascinated by how, how that mindset works. And, you know, usually it it, it just is ignorance, you know. I mean, that's a very obvious thing to say. But um, my sister was telling me the other day that apparently the, the average reading age in the UK, I think, is... is, is um, between ten and twelve, something like that, you know, and that's quite shocking, really, isn't it? That there's there's that degree of uh, you know l- lack of literacy across the country, and I think, you know, that that level of ignorance is probably what fuels so much of this.
1: Probably sound Absol- like a real
0: middle class warrior here.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, man, it's, uh, it's um if they taught tabloid literacy at school, we'd see big changes. You know what? What do these words mean? I was very lucky. Like I mean, I had a not not a great education, just like a a scheme in, in in Scotland. But there was one teacher when I was about primary five or six, and she she explained what the media says and what they mean. And she just broke it down, and it totally it, it stuck with me. That and Clarissa explains it all. I don't remember that. <laughs> it was like a kids' TV show in Nickelodeon, and they were explaining about how it was they were trying to sell an old car. And they were saying, rather than call it used, you call it a classic. And it was just like, it just sort of, you know, I understood. And then, you know, Mm. I did do a bit of sales when I was a wee guy as well. And it was like, you know, how you choose your words is very important. And uh, yeah, I mean, how the tabloid chooses their words is very well thought out. But they are aiming at, like you said, I mean, daily record is, is you know, it's a 10-year-old literary thing. I think because you get used to reading the paper, if you're 10-year-old, or like sixteen year old, when you're reading the paper. You think that you're, you're you know you're well read, but you're not. That's coming as a guy who doesn't really read much. By the way, I get most of my um, you know I don't I read online and I, I listen to audio books. I, I struggle to find time to read books as well as I could. But on that note, Graham, one final question I'd like to ask you um, for a personal level is what you know. There's been books that I've read that have totally gripped me, and then there's been bi- books that people have recommended that I've just I've just. I've got to read it to the end. That's the way I'm. I've got to read it to the end, and I've just been so disappointed by it that it kind of puts me off it. Audio books are great as long as it's a, a good narrator. I can get tuned in every shade. I can ditch it. What book? What book should I read as a guy who's not read that many books?
0: What would oh, you recommend? Wow. So yeah, you see, I read very few novels these days, because most of my reading is is research for work, so they tend not to be novels. Uh, my absolute favourite novel, if you haven't read it, is uh, Cities of the Red Knight by William S. Burroughs, which is just phenomenal. I've, I've read it at least eight times, probably more. Uh, if you've not read that, I mean, any Burroughs is worth a look, but Cities of the Red Knight, I think, is his masterpiece. Um or Something more recent, I don't know. Have you, have you read um uh Cormac McCarthy's uh, The Road? That's a beautiful piece of writing. I've not seen the I film, have but not be, not that's not. a beautiful book. I mean, very harrowing but beautifully written. Um, yeah, god, I should be coming up with something really obscure for you. No, you no, 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 don't, don't be <laughs> oh, obscure.
1: No, that, that's the whole point. It's the first <laughs> thing it comes into your head. That is the point. Yeah, but, um, but uh, have you read Cities of the Red Knight? No, no, I've not, mate. Alexa, I have not, no. not read oh. a lot. I've not read a lot. You could, you could name Go books for, for about an hour. We could just name them, and I, I've read very few. Although on that point, uh, I do have a, a comment from uh, Paul who said that when I said Orwell, it made his Alexa search for Orwell, which is interesting. <laughs> Orwell, Orwell, <laughs> Orwell, Orwell, Orwell. Am I ruining your Alexa, mate? I, I, I want to have one of them in this I want to have them uh, oh, I've got good news as well Mary W has ordered the otherwise best wishes with all your projects Graham thank you So you've sold at least two but Still not a complete waste of time talking to me Stop not That's good. a complete That's waste good. of time there's at least two <laughs> that you know of good chat as always says uh, John McCall thank you John G McCall for tuning in and um, Chemical Callum says, I'd love to be involved in the film for sure. The Fall, amazing. Look forward to reading that deeply. Um, oh, a nice. great a great book taken in class gigs, says own, And yeah, it was Paul who said, when you said Orwell, it triggered my phone. It says, for what? Spy George Orwell. Orwell, Orwell, Orwell. Well, 1984 was one of those ones that I really, that I did love. And I just, I was gripped by it. And I still think about it. It stuck in yeah. my head. And it was the reason that I read it was because I was writing I was releasing some music at that time, early gyro movie stuff. And then um, my brother said, Man, what you're writing about is Orwell. You need to check it out. And I'd heard the, the phrase Orwellian. And um, then, yeah, it gripped me. I loved it. And it was, yeah, it was scary. Still think about it. But now, now I'm not as scared because I live in it. So you kind of be scared <laughs> of what you live in. Oh my God, is you know, have poppycock music. I, I hope. Well, I'm not, I hope. Oh. Look, it could be anyone from Poppy Cup, and just all lovely. When I met him in Manchester in November, have to say before you go that otherwise is gripping and addictive. Best thing I've read in ages. Ah, oh, bless you, brilliant. Thank and you. There you go. You've got you've got a stamp of approval from a true legend of the Fall, man. I mean that must. And I suppose that that must be the one of the scary parts about you've got because the Fall fans are so and Fall and the band members. I mean, there's just as many band members as there is fans. So you've got a you know, do, do you, do you, you've got to hopefully do you like
0: it? I hope so. I mean, the thing is, it's like the, the fall are different things to different people, aren't they? You know, a bit like Bowie or something like that, where it's like some people are utterly fixated on a certain era, two or three albums or whatever. You know, I think there's fall fans are like that. And there's, you know, I've written a, a book about the singles and I've written, a, you know, there's an essay in, in the otherwise about uh, Mark's lyrics. But I'm not kidding myself. There are people that know way more about the fall than I do for sure you know so um and i'm sure there'll be people that they're going oh that's not quite right or you oh, always completely misjudged that fair enough it's 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 whatever it is to you and i and i think i would hope that if if we can get this film into production i would hope that it will be true enough to the script that people will see that well that's what you know not just myself but mark wanted you know that's what we wanted it to be um you know and it's interesting with the fall because there's so many brilliant fall albums, but there's not many fall albums that are good from beginning to end, that every track's a winner. And that's because they experiment a lot and they do loads of different stuff and, you know, it's not all going to appeal to you. I mean, it is. we are talking about hundreds and hundreds of songs here, aren't we? You know.
1: it's another it's a ending back catalogue. If if you're not... If you're... You're, not being, you're still welcome on the show. I know we've not talked for a couple of months, but please do come on the show. Yeah, do uh, it, you what know. Paul says and TV is the most nepotistic industry I've ever been involved with, says Paul. Uh, it looks like you've sold another book from Chemical Callum, which is I'm on it for sure. Uh, Owen as well says, otherwise pre-ordered. I'll certainly let you know what I think of it. It's not even pre-ordered, it's ordered. It's in the, it's in the post, mate. Uh, we got Lewis saying, I bought an acoustic guitar in the Nirvana Unplugged chord book when I was 15. Taught myself how to play I'm still shite 20 years later, so I can't see me getting an investor <laughs> And she also says that she loves Clarissa. Clarissa explains it all. That's a that's a niche reference for anyone of a certain age. Um, as a taxi driver, I've only put three people out my car: one who threatened me, and two for being racist. Good on you, Paul, the unracist taxi driver. That is it's important to not um, make grand sweeping statements about racist taxi drivers. Although I have uh, been in a few of <coughs> these. But, do you yeah. know, I've got a theory. I've got my racist taxi theory. I don't know if you want to hear it. I know you're, you're probably very busy, Graham. You've got Ryan. No, go Right. So if you're a taxi driver, you get up early in the morning. So you're the first person. I mean, the reason I'd be a taxi driver, the reason I wanted to be a taxi driver was because you get the, the tomorrow's news today. So you can pick up tomorrow's papers at 11 o'clock. So they're, um, rather than checking the sources online, they're, they're actually all in for the tabloid whatever tabloid of their choice or the, the, the broadsheet of their choice because they're getting that, that news before the other people then they pick you up someone from the airport at five o'clock they go have you heard about that because they know because they've heard it before the other people have heard it and that's my so. and because, yeah, and because yeah. the media is racist sorry in case you haven't have made that clear because the, the media is racist then that's why that filters out that way do you think that that's a that's a strong theory
0: or a weak theory I think that holds water, and I, I, I mean, I should say I wasn't uh, for a second implying that all um, all cab drivers were racists. Um, we did just, not call uh-huh. you racist, Paul. Paul, <laughs> Paul, we did not call you. A, Paul knows, but then they call him racist. Paul's a good guy. No, say, I know. He, threw, but, um, he throws out the racist. No, I know, but it's just if I think of my encounters with with racists in the last few years, my, most of them have been cab drivers. But that's that's probably who I attract. Um, but just in terms of people who foist your opinions on it. Uh, but uh, I've met many lovely cab drivers too. Um, what was I going to say? There's something else you were saying there uh, that made me think. Oh, I know what I was going to mention. We are talking about Scottish uh, music acts. There's one I've been playing such a lot, and I'm not – I think it's from our Arbroath, but I'm not sure. He's a guy called Liam Dempsey, but he does stuff under the name Deep Sea Creature, and he's uh, it, got an album out called Bummer, and it's great, man. It's so good. So good, and I was reminded because there's a track called "Chemicals" on it. We're going when I saw Chemical Callum's name come up. Liam uh, yeah, Dempsey, Liam Dempsey, and yeah, Deep Sea Creature is that is the uh, is, is, is that's what he records under. But I think you'd like it. It's um, yeah, it's quite moody and it's sort of. But sort of post punk sort of thing, but great lyrics and very very Scottish as well. It's not you know, he's got his accents sort of very much to the fore. He's got a lovely voice. Yeah, I've, I've, it check it like out. On this guy.
1: It feels like I should know this guy and I like this guy, and then um, hopefully I do already. We've got we've got a song actually to to end the show with as well. We've got uh, Lounge Bar Orchestra. I'll let you describe them in a minute, man. I'm just going to read it the last of the comments. The Road is an amazing book. Uh, Abby Normal's promoting something. Uh, Lorna Literacy for all your Glasgow literacy needs. Five minute plug. You're you're welcome. Abby Normal is an incredible artist. She was called Abby Normal, but she just recently got a doctorate against all odds, and she's now called Doctor Normal. And uh, she's got an EP out in end of July. I'll be sending you a wee link to her stuff, man. She's brilliant. Oh,
0: cheers.
1: So she's 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 one worth worth a watching. That Ian. and she also appears. She's one of the backing singers on Jackal Trades' album. Uh, for well, we're well, not an a backing singer at all. The choir of four people, uh, which she's one of them. Uh, amazing, uh, we've got uh, Dantes Dandy's Inferno direct uh, dictated by John Cleese's amazing audiobook. Oh, wow! Well, if John Cleese is dictating, I'm into it. I'm into it. Uh, dipping in and out for Poland. Shout to Craig Henry for Poland, and you know, says she's up for it, right? You know, let's let's Brilliant. I'll send you a wee message and let's get that happening because I would love to have a chat with you, okay? Uh, let's just end it with you, we're talking about new music you mentioned Deep Sea Future <laughs> that I'm going to check out hopefully I do already know I just the, the name's not ringing a bell right now uh, please give a plug for any before we play the last uh, song which is Lounge Bar Orchestra is there any other bands that people should be checking out just now and then you can describe Lounge Bar Orchestra mm. and that's where we'll end it with some tunes
0: yeah, cool. Um, well, I'm, I'm, if, I, if it's not too indulgent, I'll mention like a couple more of the artists that are coming out on my label, uh, which is called Heaven's Lathe. Uh, so, um, the Lounge Bar Orchestra, which we're going to hear in a minute, are, are on the label. I'll, I'll that, you that. Enjoy that,
1: Graham. Enjoy that. Look at hey, flash. That was very quick.
0: Uh, no um, so, uh, there's a, uh, the next release, which is coming out. The, each re- there's a, a record coming out every month. So, uh, July's record is going to be by the Academy of Sun who are are an amazing ensemble. They brought out an album last year called Quiet Earth. It's really ambitious. There's something of Nick Cave, something of uh, Kate Bush, something of Kyle. They're sort of defiantly queer, uh, just great songs. So they've got a single coming out next and that's called It Is Finished When It's Destroyed. And then the one after that is going to be up by Lounge Bar Orchestra. Um, and they are... He does it's a guy called Greg Healy and he does um music as if it's 1970s uh library music, but it's done with such great detail, such affection, and he's got a great sense of melody. And uh, so I was gonna, I can't play the track that's coming out on the label because they come out as on vinyl only. And then, can six we just, just touch
1: that? Can we just touch on that? So basically, yeah, this yeah. is secret vinyl. So, because this is basically what we're talking about earlier on about the band camp, you've got to buy it to hear it. So basically, this is only available. If you listen, if you if buy am, the vinyl. If, if can, am, you can't yeah. just go to Spotify, can I buy it digitally?
0: No, it's um, I, I really like artifacts, and I think maybe that because of, that's my generation, I don't know, but I, I love Bandcamp for the immediacy and being able to just have all this stuff that's not taking up loads of space. The digital tracks, but I do like artifacts, and I like you know, the, as I was showing you before, these are really nicely done, you know. Um, so yeah, you can buy it as a, there's a hundred of them. Uh, you can buy it as a seven inch single and then it's about six months later they'll they'll possibly be available uh, as, a, as a download but yeah initially we just wanted to to create something that feels special and is special their 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 lathe cuts so the sound on them is beautiful um so yeah the lounge bar orchestra are, are uh, going to be um the, next, the one in august then we've got unica zurn coming up uh features Stephen thrower and david knight who were with Shockheaded peters and coil and cyclobe uh, a rose mcdowell one and then we've already got another slate of releases which are more international so in the next slate um there's going to be people from canada people from sweden as well so um some trans artists uh some some non-caucasians there's everything we got everything <laughs> uh, so but anyway the lounge Baroque orchestra this is a track from his from his uh his last album and it, it's called washing lines and it's it's quite dreamy i think this
1: Washington Lions Lounge Bar Orchestra and I'm I'm so excited that you've got a label, man, because you actually care about the music. And you know, you're talking about the artifacts thing. I just thought I'm gonna need to give it just because exactly what you're explaining is um Crash Slaughter, who is a, a, a an old uh, older school DJ scratcher. He's a proper like scratching's incredible yeah. from the from the nineties, probably eighties, but I, I've known him for often from the nineties, and he sent me a vinyl of it's MF Doom mashed up oh, with Sugar Cubes, and oh wow, that yeah, sounds
0: good. yeah, yeah,
1: it is, it is wow, man, and basically. It was only limited to 100 copies, and because I didn't buy it in time, it was gone. I went, is there any left? He went, no, they're gone. And the, the, I went, can you, can you send me a digital copy? I'll write a review. And he went, no, it will never exist <laughs> digitally. you either gone or you didn't. But then when the part of them was, my understanding is that Bjork's record label or the, the record shop in Iceland that runs Sugarcube stuff, uh, Bjork stuff, they said, can we get that? <laughs> and he's like, well, so they've ordered more in. So he sent me a, a copy, Brilliant. and it's amazing. And, um, and that's an artefact. So if you, I think if you could still get that, Sugar Cubes meets uh, MF Doom uh, by Crash Slaughter. You need to get it very quick because it will sell out. And he's not up for it. He's, he's not going to re-release it. It's not like, I might reissue if I've got the demand. It's not like that. The guy's like, he made uh, he made a, obviously because Bjork's record label or Sugar Cubes record, you know, you make, you make one exception, but it's gone. So get it now if yeah. you can. And, um, uh, um, thank you so much, Graham. We've got lots of co- lovely comments coming in. Paul says, "I love it when Graham is a guest." Interesting stories, a passion for his subjects. Uh, Bladder, whoop, dog brain says Owen. And um, th- uh, thank you so much, Graham. Uh, for pleasure being here tonight. And um, a real pleasure, Mark. Thank you. We will go to washing lines, and um, I'm really excited to hear this. I've not heard this yet. And check out Graham's show. Graham Duff's mixtape to, to hear more amazing tunes like this. And please do support very local music, you know, local independent yeah. artists. Or if you live really far away, support really far away local independent artists. That's how it goes here on You Call That Radio. Thank you, Graham. This is Washington Lights by Lynch Bar Orchestra. Cheers, man. Cheers, man. See you later. Bye. See you again. And stuff. Washing lines by Lounge Bar Orchestra. Thank you so much to Graeme Duff tonight. For uh, just he's got he's an amazing writer, actor, comedian. Everything he does, and it's such a great year for music. Go and support this label, heavenslathe.co.uk. Go and go and treat yourself to some vinyl and go and check out Graeme Duff's mixtape. Just Google that. It's on Totally Radio and other places. Go and check that out. And please buy the otherwise, the book you wrote with Marky Smith. Go and buy it, read it, digest it, give feedback. And let's get those let let the investors know that this is a film we need to see. It's a film we need to see. Thank you. This is called That Radio. We are powered by our Patreons. So thank you to everyone who supports the show. If you've enjoyed tonight's show, then. There's another 300-odd shows you can watch back. with some amazing guests. There's no adverts. There's no funding. There's no sponsors. So if you enjoyed the show, please uh, sign up to Patreon for a couple of pounds a month. You win prizes! And you get bonus content. And you're helping us build the thing for the price of a pint or a coffee a month. And we appreciate you. Thank you very much. And we'll see you... When, when are we back? When are we back? Well, it's... Uh, it's um, we're back on Wednesday for an England versus Scotland poetry slam. So England versus Scotland, the old enemy, doing a poetry slam together on Wednesday night. I hope you can join us for that. Greg says cheers. Danny says a bike ride in France, love it. Uh, R. Shackleton says thank you. Perfect track to end a great show. Says that it was great show. Thank you boys. Says Owen. Um, Thank you to everyone who's tuning in and obviously Paul said earlier on. Thank you Paul for not being a racist tax driver and actually throwing out the racists. We appreciate you as well. This has been You Call That Radio TV. Please make sure you hit that subscribe button and we'll see you next week. Bye. See ya. All systems go. Ignition. (laughs) Brothers and sisters, brothers and sisters, brothers? Brothers
0: and sisters. is that you, Daniel? Are you before me? You call that radio. You call that I'm a <laughs>